Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out! It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a recycling bag, and I love films. As Robert Frost once said, in three words I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. And also, singing in the rain never gets boring. Wait, that's, okay, that's 12 words. A lovely thought, Robert Frost, thank you very much. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include James Acaster, January Jones, Ricky Gervais, Catherine Ryan, and even Shed Mambles. But this week, my special guest is brilliant actor, writer, and character comedian, Nick Mohammed. Join me at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein to get extra material with all the guests. And also you get one secret from each guest. Believe it or not, some of them have been real doozies, but the Patreons keep their mouth shut and they can always be trusted. If you want to know the secrets, you've got to join the Patreon. I hope you're all doing very well and I hope that you are safe in lockdown and that you're all okay. I am in lockdown and I'm not going mad at all in my flat. I've just started making a reality TV show called Lone Island about the only contestant on a dating show going mad in a flat. Not at all autobiographical. Find it on my Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein. So, Nick Mohammed. Nick Mohammed is an extraordinarily brilliant actor, writer, and comedian who's got his own show now. It is called Intelligence and it is available over at Sky. It stars him and David Schwimmer. And I've watched the first two episodes and I think it might be the perfect show for these troubling times. It's very silly, it's very funny, but it also has like a joke rate that I don't think you see in British shows. It's got the amount of jokes that like a 30 Rock or a Kimmy Schmidt has, and I reckon it will right cheer you up. We recorded this episode a few weeks ago when we were still allowed outside and stuff. Do you remember Cuddling? That was a fun thing to do. Do you remember Cuddling? I'll be honest, listening back to this episode, given the current state of the world, it's almost decadent. It's like the fall of the Roman Empire. Nick was staying in a fancy hotel room. He was doing promotion for his show. And when he invited me over, he insisted we spend all the room service budget. So mid-record, we stopped to eat a banquet like we were fucking emperors. Anyway, maybe there's something retro about the whole thing, and I hope it makes for a good episode either way. Nick is brilliant, and you will love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 89 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by a writer, a creator, a showrunner, 
an actor, a character comedian, a stand-up comedian, ish pushed, a magician, an actor, a lover of many, and a father and husband and a living saint, according to the Vatican today. (laughs) Please welcome to the show, it's Mr Nick Mohammed. Oh, thank you, Brett. Very nice intro. Nick Mohammed, lovely, an honour. An absolute honour to do the show, big fan. Now let's talk mm. about where we are and why. Oh, hey. okay. So we set the scene. Ah, it's a little, it's not the norm. No, don't, it's not the norm, no, no. It's not the norm, but we are in a very fancy hotel. <laughs> Nick we're, and I have eloped. We're in, we're, we've eloped. <laughs> we're abroad. <laughs> we're not in the country. We're in a hotel. It's nice. There's weirdly, the bed's been removed, mm. um, but it is a suite. For our own And it's sake. because I'm currently doing the... What do you want to call it? Press Junket? Let's call Intelligence, it which is a show that I've written. Um, Coming to Sky One. I don't know when this will come out, but oh, by the time uh, you hear it'll this... It'll be way after this. <laughs> no. Oh, when does this go out? Probably fairly soon, but All I right. do 20, think 21st, if your show's out... 21st of February, this is uh, uh, the show without Intelligence, starring, amongst others, David Schwimmer. But ding, 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 the ding. main thing is David's in it, as far as... <laughs> Every, every press outlet is concerned. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm in a hotel. But it's not and you wrote, We have also ordered some room service. We've ordered room service Brett because... Brett's ordered a surprising amount of free food. Well, Nick said there's a budget for room service. I haven't spent any of it. Let's go mad as if we're in Brewster's Millions. And so we've ordered the exact amount of money that you have on room service. <laughs> Actually, I haven't tied it all up, but maybe. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get like hammered. Too. <laughs> yeah. At the very end of Homeland 2. It's genuinely one of my choices. Well, no oh, spoilers. We'll that. No, I won't go uh, So you made the show called Intelligence now. Yeah. By the time this comes out, hopefully people have seen it. I've only seen the trailer. I love it. Um, you've written all six episodes. I have. Yourself on your own. Mm-hmm. Madness. Mm, yeah. Yeah, sort of madness. But also, I've had a lot of assistants so we've had andrew ellard and sarah morgan amazing oh, story good. producers who have been so we've done like kind of writer's room sessions but more to just make sure the stories all add up right i'm a bit i get a little bit weak at the knees when it comes to all that stuff but they're super brainy and so they've been great david schumer has been amazingly collaborative so you know in terms of backstory and character we've always discussed everything and because we're both execs on it, so we kind of there's a lot of collaboration so yes i have written it i've scripted it but you know, and it's the it's an ensemble effort. And this, after all <clears throat> all your years of toiling away on the live circuit and on TV, <laughs> yeah. this is finally your baby, right? I guess You're, it is my baby. How do you feel about that? Do you I feel? Don't, I don't know if I pressure? feel it. Do I feel pressure? Yeah, a little bit. About to come out. I feel again because obviously, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel very supported by Sky, and you know, I think that they obviously like the idea. So it's set in GCHQ, mm-hmm. so it's about. Um, cybercrime and stuff but um so the subject matter is sort of interesting and timely so hopefully they would have you know pushed it quite a lot anyway but also a big part of pushing is because david's in it and you know it's the first you know lead comedy role that he's done since friends and so mm. i guess that is that is a, a big deal so there has Sorry, been quite for the a lot listeners at home what is friends i don't know i've never seen it <laughs> um, yeah. but um so they uh, they they um, so I guess there has been quite a lot of hype, mm-hmm. if that's the right word, which which automatically kind of makes you think, oh, crikey, I mean, just, you know, let it let it sort of do its own thing and sort of find its audience. But on saying that, it's a, I, I'm very proud of it, pleased with it. It is a very mainstream, uh, silly, funny show, show I, I hope. And so hopefully, you know, 
the hype will be worth it. <laughs> and and obviously David is amazing in it. So yeah. it's kind of it's it's very flattering that he's it's in the show. Um, in doing this press junket, this is the biggest press junket you've done, so you've had to sit in the Oh rooms. undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. And generally come I've in. Done. Really? Really? Yeah. Journalists come in and you have to tell the same stories over and over again. Yeah. Have you found it? Have you have you got to the point, given all the excitement, and I know you have gratitude for it, but have you found yourself at any point going, fucking hell, this question again? Uh, I, I got the giggles yesterday because it was, li- it, was li- it was literally the set. Like we were, and, and they're like eight minute long sort right. of thing. So it's not even as if you kind of have like a longish chat and then you kind of almost forget what you've said or you kind of think, oh, well, we can reset, but it's every half an hour. It's every eight minutes. How did you meet David? How do you meet David? What's your favourite episode of Friends? How do you meet David? What is your favourite episode of Friends? <laughs> I just don't know. There's too many to choose from. I mean, it's, it's so good. Um, but no, obviously it was a delight to kind of yeah. be part of it. And actually because it was the first one I'd done, I genuinely found it quite um, exciting and enthralling. Yeah. And actually it really makes you think, oh, they're, they're you know, they've, they've, they've really get it or they've really asked quite an insightful question or something like right. that. So, um, but yeah, I, I loved it. Uh-huh. You're looking for a scoop. Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a scoop. I'm wanting to be the good guy who finally breaks here. <laughs> no, no, I had yet. sex with David. <laughs> On camera. <laughs> now, anyway, what a treat. Thank you for having me. But Nick, yeah. fuck, I've forgotten to tell you something. What's happened? Oh, God. What? Such an idiot. I'm going to kick myself later when I think back on this. I can't believe I forgot to tell you. I should have told you when I came in this yeah. fancy hotel room. <laughs> what, what? Fucking what a prick. What's happened? Oh, I'll just say it. Oh, I'll, just, okay. I'll just say it. Oh, and just when you were getting your big break, you've died. I've not died. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Brett. You died. I'm so sorry. How did you How die? How did I die? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I've been giving this a lot of thought. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's right to say, but... But my wife's granddad's just died. In oh. fact, it's the funeral tomorrow. Oh my god! I'm and so sorry. No, no, and it's and you know what? It's far, it's it's very much a celebration. He was he was very old, and right. you know it was all very quick and peaceful. And so I, I I mean I'm sure everyone says that they want to sort of die quite peacefully. No, you'd be amazed time. how many people really, say colon they want cancer. Like, <laughs> they say what? Colon cancer. Oh god. Well, people think about it. Depends how you interpret the question. You know, some people think, "Well, I think I will die from this." Oh, so it's kind of almost but like statistically, how am I likely to die? Oh no, can be your dream. So go on. What's your? I don't know. There's various. There's, there's... Did he die in his sleep? As it were. Yes, I think it was. I think it was peaceful. I think right. it was very peaceful. Um, he was in hospital, but it was peaceful right. with family and stuff. Um, but um, gosh, I think because um, I was going to say it would be not. It would be nice to think that you can sort of, you know. I love that story about Bruce Forsyth. So he, he, you know, he's like literally working up until I think the week before right. he died, and um, and his ashes are in the Palladium, really? on, on, like under the stage or something. Yeah, oh, wow. um, which I presume they said was fine. <laughs> he's not just someone just, just put them there. <laughs> no one knows why they're there. Um, but um, so I quite like. I think I quite like to either die on stage in mm. a kind of Tommy Cooper kind of way, but like not right like right now because I feel like. No, I just want to see intelligence come out. I just want to. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see a season two. Yeah, I want to do all that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, I so either either die on stage, and I have fainted on stage once. Really? Yeah. In what? And Joe Bohr had to kind of help me out. He was you emceeing it. it. Yeah, I mean it was years ago. I just faint. I think I bent down like too quickly, <laughs> weirdly, and got up to sort of get a new wig on or something. 
and literally just sort of it was like fainted is probably yeah. too strong a word. I just sort of had like got really like headed and had to sort of sit down and 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 everyone obviously <coughs> assumed that it was part of the thing. And Joe yeah. was like, "Nicky, right?" And then it was kind of fine. I sort of carried on, but um, wow. it was very odd. But um, yeah, I think sort of in a a Tommy Cooper kind of way. Full Although backwards. I don't know whether that'd be deeply tragic or not. Because I, everyone, everyone says, "Oh, it's how he would have wanted to go." Yeah, but do you think that's definitely true? Or do you think I don't know. That he would have that's... wanted something a bit more, you know, like not dignified. Because in a way, it's completely fitting and, and dignified because of that. But then, I think <laughs> it entirely depends how you die on stage. Like if you die, fall over, shit yourself. You know what I mean? Like if your body gives up, and or if it's sort of completely like, someone like a light. Like a light falls onto your head and frazzles you or something. Yeah, like it could be really dark. Like, I think what happened with Tommy I haven't seen it because I don't want to, but I believe he sort of just stepped backwards and, I think and it was sort behind- of sat down, right? Or Oh, is, it, is there footage of it? Yeah, well, I'm told there's footage of it on the internet, but I don't want to see it. Oh, no, don't watch that, no. But I think um, he just sort of, like, went down on his knees, sort of as if he'd fallen over or something. Oh, like gosh, that. oh. But it doesn't I mean, sound I, great. When oh, you... I regret. I regret saying it already. Well, you're too late. How was it? <laughs> How was my death? But were you, were, did a light fall on your head mid? Act? No, 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 no. I think it was one of those kind of sort of. <laughs> the show had gone so well. <laughs> I was so pleased, <laughs> and I'd reached the peak of my my career. I felt yeah. I could just sit down and be happy. I just don't know. I I, I like I like the idea of um of people maybe questioning. Whether it's real or not. Yeah, okay, I like that. Again, this is something really odd to say. Should I say it? Yes. There's someone who I know, who I won't name, who, who or did know, uh, he sadly died. Mm. And for a, a while, I, I, not for a while, but for a few days, I was like, and it's because I couldn't believe it, because right. he was quite young. I was like, I think this might be a, a setup for something. Like, really? Was it a magician? Sort of, yeah. Okay. And I just wondered, and I was like, I could. It was, and that was just because I was in shock. I think. Yeah. And and I was like, I wonder, could this be the premise of some? Is this is this really is the is beginning this, of a trick? Yeah. Like Elvis. in the way that in the way uh, in a in a kind of a Houdini, you know. Mm. Yeah. But I love it that it wasn't sadly, and it's really and it's really sad. So I yeah. shouldn't really talk about it. But yeah, it sadly wasn't. But you would like that. You would like people to go. It must be. Well, trick. I just because I sort of realised a little bit. Mm. That in um, in like, and I don't mean this because I just talk about shows, but like just in like, so I did a show called Dracula and I did a show called Houdini, and they're basically both obsessed with death. Right, yeah. Those two characters, and it suddenly made me think. And I'm a little bit kind of everyone is like you know slightly sort of fascinated by it, yeah. and all the kind of afterlife thing and seances and all that. You know, I love all that kind of stuff. And then in Houdini, I obviously did the water tank thing, yeah. sort of the kind of. You cheat, you, you know, the cheating death, which is like, obviously, Houdini did that to her nth degree, you know, all that kind of... And I guess David Blaine, to an extent, wants to kind of have that kind of almost... Uh, that thing of that almost superhuman quality of, like, he can sort of withstand... Not necessarily cheat death, but kind of put his body through a lot. But, yeah, I, I, it'd be nice to die happy on stage, surrounded by my friends. Right, where were we? For the listeners at home, we've just eaten all the room service... <laughs> Uh, I feel like a Roman emperor. I'm just a big old ball of a man now. <laughs> I mean... What was I saying? I don't know. I'm really going into a coma. That was fun, wasn't it? That was lovely. <laughs> no, it was absolutely fine to do that. You should do that every podcast. Yeah, I'm like... Or every interview. Every interview. <laughs> every interview's been shit. No one's... Oh, Could I have another 
croque monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> what film did I enjoy most? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. Anyhow. You were in the middle of a story oh, yes. on the so, plane. So um, right? Tom Bazin had written this play called Party. Uh, we'd very, uh, we were very excited um, and fortunate because that play had been picked up for Sydney Arts Festival. So we'd flown to Sydney to do this play for a week and then we're flying back. And the flight was absolutely horrendous coming yeah. back. Um, just a ton of turbulence, but just for hours and hours and hours and hours. And basically, as a game, just because we were all quite scared, started to sort of think of what... <laughs> It's very self-indulgent. This is ten years ago, but what, what the what the, the the chortle headline might be if we all were sort of killed in this pl- a plane crash, basically, because it was Tom Baston and Tim Key and Johnny Sweet and Katie Wicks, Anna Crilly. I think Izzy City was with us maybe as well, um, and so we sort of thought. I think then Johnny and Tim had just won the comedy award maybe that year, and I don't know. So it was all things like. Anna Crilly went down like a lead balloon because she was in lead <laughs> balloon and Johnny just on a show called Winging It so it was where were his Winging It wings when he needed them or something. <laughs> it's all stupid stuff but um, that is actually one way I, I don't think I would like to die is in a plane crash it's a plane crash unless unless mm-hmm. it was just me in the plane right I don't think I'd mind it so much I think it's the panic but it's the panic before that I would being surrounded by I'd, people panicking yeah I just I mean it'd just be horrendous uh, have you done a seance before? Well, not a real one well, no, I've done. Mm. Bless him. Uh, I've, done, I've done one with Derek Okora, who sadly passed away. Wow, a month or so ago. How was it? It was for it was for a show, but we were we were in the London Palladium and we were trying to contact Houdini. Yeah. And I was in character, and 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 I'd met him before on another like comedy entertainment thing, and uh, and I sort of said to him because I sort of thought, I mean, you know, I don't. I personally probably don't believe there's enough evidence mm-hmm. to suggest that what he does is is real. But, you know, whether he believed that at the time or whatever, I'm not going to pass judgment on that. But I did say to him before, I was like, oh, you know, if you pick up on anything, do, you know, do just go for it because I'd be interested in seeing where, where it goes. But it was a comedy. But, I mean, he's so used to sort of turning it on. And he instantly contacted Bruce Forsyth. But only because I'd mentioned to him before that thing about his ashes yeah. being beneath the, the stage. And so... <laughs> it was absolutely. I think that's it. We do. We were doing a Ouija board, and I had forced it so that that I I wanted to pretend that we were in con- like for it to seem like gobbledygook because he's like, like letters right. sort of spelling something out. But I wanted to spell out BFG as if we'd like contacted the BFG. It's like a really weird person to sort of contact <laughs> with the great. And but it went to BF, and he instantly went to Bruce Forsyth and just oh, wow. went. Oh yeah, yeah. So then he's doing the voice of Bruce Forsyth, is it? He was sort 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 of, yeah. And then he and then it kind of went on to, and I was like, oh, we're kind of sort of looking for Houdini. He's like, oh no, he's here as well. And hang on, he's coming through, coming through, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think, but to be fair to him, I think he was sort of just sort of putting that on, right? I'm not sure he puts it on quite a lot or did, bless him. But yeah, that's fun. Yeah, but I, I love all that stuff. I, yeah. I mean, it's really fascinating. Uh, yeah. Do you believe in the afterlife? Do you think there is one, like ghosts or? Uh, yeah, do you, what happens when Oh, you, you mean like heaven and hell? Yeah. I'd love it if there was a heaven. I mean, it would be... But I sort of just... I just don't get... I don't, I don't understand the mechanics of heaven if it does... In terms of like... Because there must there must have to be some time. Like, so... Like, as a kid, I'd be like... I, I would think, OK, well, heaven would be like centre parks and then it would be like birthday party the next day and then your favourite film at the cinema. We're going to all right. seeing friends. But there must be some... Unless you kind of get to these things instantly, you'd want some downtime, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I don't get how you dictate it. So, I mean, that's not for now. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> all the no, but that's a it. great point about 
Well, that's sort of the message of Inside Out, isn't it? You need a bit of sadness. Yeah. So you're saying, like, it's like going to a theme park but not having to queue. But sometimes you need the queue in to appreciate the ride. Oh, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And I think, um, hmm, I think that, I don't know what I really believe on that front. I think it's an interesting area. Like, I think, like, I definitely believe statistically that in the universe, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Like, there's yeah. so much stuff that we don't know. So it is possible... I did watch a programme about this recently on BBC4 about quantum theory yes. and about this all being kind of an illusion of reality, like sort of space-time mm. is a bit of an illusion, sort of project it. I don't know. I mean, I literally don't understand anything. But the point is... The point <laughs> I is, gave up after 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> no, I did watch it through to the end, but I slept through most of it. Um, but um, I like to think that this isn't the end. Like, I guess anyone... I'd be really pissed off if I went to hell. Like, I'd be like, oh, like, even though I'm not religious, mm. I, I just, I think I'd be like, oh, but that, you know, like on a technicality, it's like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't say you're religious or you were never, right. because I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm, so, that I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm a bad, bad person or anything. So I think I'd be a bit furious, but then maybe then be like, well, that's why you're in hell. Yeah, because you're, you're so angry. ego. Because you're so angry. You're so and you assumed angry. that you, you were going to get into You were so heaven. good. Yeah, that you didn't even have to bother <laughs> believing in Jesus. Fuck, yeah. That would be it. That would be frustrating if you thought yeah. you'd done good. Like, if I went to hell, I'd be like, I, I can't Or if you go to hell everything. on a technicality, basically. Yeah. As in, as in, well, you haven't really done anything wrong per se, but you just, you know, there's like a couple of things. And like uh, mm. things that you could justify. Be like, oh, yeah, but they were acting like a dick. So yeah, this is I, was I, said, oh, this, I was just joining in. I was just joining in. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And if it's just something really petty... Yeah, I just I'd be, but then if, I always sort of think if, if like my wife was there or something, with, mm. like with me, we'd be fine. We'd sort of stick around a bit in there. But if your view of heaven is, is a series of great things happening with no gaps in between, yeah, it's really then hell would be exhausted. If you were with your wife, I'm assuming it would be like just arguing with her. Uh, well, only if that's what time. hell is. Yeah, I guess so. It's like the worst thing, isn't it? Arguing with your wife? No, 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 <laughs> no. Just like the idea of hell. Yeah, so. it would be a series of things you don't like. I remember. Um, Oh, no, I don't know if I should say, because it might land a minute. Well, no, I might as well say, because I think it, it was true. He, I, when I went, to, I went to Durham University and I was yeah. sharing a room, and my roommate, he's a very nice guy, he was quite religious, and he, was, he, he became like the Chris, head of the Christian Union there, oh, of, and, of the college. And, um, and I remember, I think we kind of ended up talking about religion, which I guess you should never really do, yeah. maybe. Or like you, just, you should never sort of talk about it sort of in a kind of light kind of way. And I think I just sort of said to him... So let me just get this right. Are you saying that because I'm not really, even though we might sort of lead the same lives in terms of yeah. doing good and just sort of not, you know, not deliberately going out of way to do bad things or upset people, are you saying that because I'm not, say, religious like you are, that I'm going to hell, that I will suffer for eternity mm. and I'm going to hell? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, night. And I had to turn off the, <laughs> turn off the light. I remember it quite distinctly. And I was like, oh, okay. Great. All right. That's interesting. Eric. No, night. Night. Sweet dreams. <laughs> You know. yeah. Well, you were sort of right. You said it in your mix of things. There is a heaven, and in it, you are watching your favourite film. Oh, hallelujah. Everyone's talking about film, <laughs> oh. screening rooms, lovely ones. They have podcasts. They've got podcasts, and all anyone wants to know about is your life through film. Oh, so Sweet, nice. isn't it? <laughs> the first thing they ask you, Yes. what film do you first remember seeing? My God. What are you saying I got for? It's just the amount of time we have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the amount of time we lost just eating room service. I'm ordering more. I don't know about you. Oh, my um, God. I think I, 
I think it's, I, I can't quite remember his answer, but okay. it's between An American Tale. Wow. The animation. Love in 1986 it. animation, I think. And uh, The Witches. Can you remember The Witches? Yes, of course the I can. TV adaptation of The Witches? TV adaptation. Oh, was it a film? But I yeah. saw it on TV. I saw it Nicholas as like a TV movie. With yes. Angelica Houston. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, it was, it was between them. Is the first film I recall watching from start to finish and really enjoying. Yeah. An American Tale. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen the film. We've tried to play it to our kids, but actually, I think they were a bit too young at the time. I, I still love the music. Beautiful. Sing me a song. Somewhere out there, beneath the pale moonlight. Beautiful. By James Horner. I'm a big fan of film scores, by the way. Yeah, so I a lot love of these it. choices are slightly dictated by their choice of music. Um, Who did you watch it with? Uh, that was... Uh, uh, Witches was at school. Really? Mm. And we were all a little bit scared. Yeah. Like, you could tell we were all a little bit scared, but everyone was sort of trying to get each other through the, yeah. the sort of fright. You know, I think when they take off the wigs and the masks, it's quite mm. frightening. That Or when, okay. when you first see them go to that like, little convention. They're in a hotel, aren't they, yeah. or something? And they go to that kind of um, seminar room and they all sort of take off Kill their masks or whatever, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I remember finding that quite scary, but really thrilling and entertaining mm. and really loving the fact that I'd seen a whole film. And then um, American Tale was, I think, probably the first thing I saw at the cinema and just loved it, just kind of... And I remember, because it's exec produced by Spielberg, yes, I think. Correct. And I think I remember thinking... Knowing about Steven Spielberg, as in I knew about Jaws and yeah. I knew about E.T., but I'd never seen them, like probably because okay. they were still a little bit too, I suppose, still a bit too young to, to be allowed to watch them. But I remember thinking, oh, this is a Steven Spielberg film, like this, this must be because I've heard of him. And, yeah. you know, and I remember thinking, oh, this is amazing. It's you... very political, that film, actually. Yeah, well, it's, it's about basically... Russian, Russian mice. It's about the Cold it's War. about Russian it? Jews, yeah. isn't it? Coming yeah, over. Yeah, but it's also quite. Program. But then. Uh, yeah. But they're yeah. mice. Yeah, but also there's a lot of kind of. Hangover kind of Cold War stuff of right. kind of commun like a sort of a communism sort of thing. Yeah, and how like the, the American dream like there's no, there's yeah there's no cats in no America. Cats. Yeah, and the streets yeah. are paved with cheese. There we go. Yeah, and it's an amazing cat like John Cleese is in it. There's loads of voice, mm. amazing voice people in it. Uh, where did you grow up? Where where was this cinema? Leeds, Headingley. Leeds. It was in Headingley. The cinema, yeah, the was lounge. It? I think it was the lounge cinema. Do you have brothers and sisters? Or Cottage Road? Yeah, one sister. Older or younger? <coughs> older, four years older. Close? Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys cinema together? We possibly would have seen that together. I, part, I, can't, I can't recall whether it was like a birthday party or something. Right. Um, but possibly. That's a great start, American Tale. Oh, good. There's, yeah. So many people say that. No. There's no one said that. I don't think anyone said American Tale, which is weird. Because I did look at your list of this or this has come up before, you know. Just yeah, trying yeah. To, but, um, but I think naturally I was not. You went on no, yeah, the only one is Titanic, but we can get to that. Because I got a slightly special guest okay. for it, I think. What's the film that made you cry the most, if not an American tale? Weirdly, The Green Mile. That's uh, a fair, a fair and legitimate answer. Yeah, but it's a wit, but it's a wit. You know it's what? It's a sad film. It is, but I've, so I've not, I've not read tons of Stephen King. Mm -hmm. But oddly, I, I've only ever cried in two books. As in reading two yeah. books, actually th three. I think I cried in Birdsong, but also Cujo, which is a Stephen King really? novel about a rabid, rabid, rabid dog. dog, because the kid dies in the car. It's just so oh. deeply tragic. 
Um, I remember crying in that, and also the Harry Potter Snape. I was an absolute right. sucker for it. And I remember, I remember being in Edinburgh actually when I was reading that, um, because the book had come out in July, and I'm such a slow reader that it was like August by the time that I got to the towards the end of um, the final books. So it must have been 2007, I think. Are you a crier in in life? Mm, openly. No, uh, if I watch any telly, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. In front of your wife. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. Because and we're massive suckers for kind of any real. Re- if any, if, if if a real person is upset and cries, I just can't not cry. Like right. I just sort of, it's like a yawn. It sort of goes around, yeah. <laughs> sort of goes around the room. But we, you know, we'll <laughs> sometimes we're quite ridiculous. They like like tiny little segments in the middle of sort of someone else's life in like Bake Off or something like, like yeah, you know, yeah. just some really incidental stuff we will get and I think it's just because we're tired because we've got kids <laughs> I think that's really it's just exhaustion um, but uh, <laughs> yeah that's nice so sorry what's oh, the, the Green Mile oh, yeah, so Green Mile. I, we saw it at this, it was really odd like I was, I was I think I was first year university when it came out mm. and I remember a bunch of us went to the cinema to see it and it was almost like we were kind of having a bit of a a cry-off, like, to sort of... Yeah. I don't in, in that kind of weird way that everyone's slightly testing boundaries at university in mm. terms of, like, who I guess who they are and emotionally, kind of, like, how they respond to other people and other kind of things. And and, was, and I think that... I think we were all, like, whining. We're like, oh, God, it's really sad. No, I heard it's really sad. No, it's going to be really sad. I'm going to cry. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. It's like, oh, what, you cry all the time, do you? Yeah, I'm going to just get upset if I see it. And we, so we all just sort of almost, like, made... Psyched each other up. sound mad. Yeah. But it was... We, we just all kind of... Psyched, and it is a sad film. And yeah. again, the score is amazing. It's a Thomas Newman score, and and it's deeply like, I mean, it's, it's sort of quite a weird film because it's sort of a supernatural thriller, I guess. Because mm. there's all that there's all that weird stuff where he sort of yeah, sucks out the badness and yeah. stuff, and then he gets accused of horrible crimes. And anyway, just that sad bit where he's about to be put to death. Um, it's so sad. I tell you this. I have read The Green Mile. You auditioned for that. Yeah, I auditioned to play John Coffey. <laughs> oh. And I was fucking shocked not to get that. When I saw he did, I was like, what? No. And, they, and to be fair, the casting director had said over the phone that they'd gone a different way. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, okay. When that. I get told that, it usually means they've cast homage a little. I'm being serious. But The Green Mile, uh-huh. right, it's one of my favourite books. And the film of The Green Mile is a perfect adaptation of the book, like as in it's, it's ah, an unusually said, So good, I've never read, I've never read that. But the only thing they don't do in the film is the last page of the book. And the last page of the book is why it's my favourite, one of my favourite books. Oh, and no. it's so w- weird that they what, so what did that, what almost stop. The, what happens at the very end? Well, I think it's partly because it's about time, is that in the end, so you know he's been, t- I'm going to tell it. That's fine, because I, I, I won't read the book, yeah. He's been touched by John Coffey, which means yeah. his life is... Ex- he doesn't know if he's going to live forever. The Tom Hanks guy. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And also the mouse by Jangles. Oh, Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles, yeah. 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 So Mr. Bojangles gets trodden on, but then he touches it, Mr. Bojangles sort of yeah, yeah. lives. So there's a scene... So he's now reflecting on his life, uh-huh. but... He, and he says, and I, I, I thought I might live forever, mm. but then one day Mr. Bojangles died. But after, like, 80 years... So he knows eventually he will die, but it will just take... His life has been extended Aww. indefinitely. And then there's a scene with his wife where his wife died in a bus crash years oh. later and he was holding her body and she died and it's very, like, moving. And so in the end, he's just alone and he's an old man, but everyone around him has died. Oh. And he, in the last line is... Um, 
So it's not that happy an ending. Well, so he talks about it, Mr. Bojangles. It, 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 he it, says, I know I will do it <clears throat> once I saw... Oh, yeah, but Mr. Bojangles is in the last scene of the film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then the very last line of the book is... He, as if I knew the yeah. sex of the mouse. He says, right at the end, he says, we each owe a life, I know that now, but oh. sometimes, oh God, the green mile is so long. And that's the end oh, of the book. wow, that's incredible. Beautiful. Well, I've got, I've got another Stephen King choice. Go on. Oh, hang no, on. No, no, we'll no, for it. later on, but yeah, but that's amazing. Oh, man. Doctor Sleep, you've seen it? Have you seen it? No. The Shining sequel? Oh, no, the, on the TV uh, one. No, it's... come out this year. Oh, no, I've definitely not seen it. Recommend it. Really good. A sequel? Stephen King adaptation. Oh. Sequel to The Shining <clears throat> with Ewan McGregor. Oh, interesting. Good. Okay, I'll One of the that. better, like, that's what a Stephen King book is like. Oh, watching. wow, okay, that's good. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Anyway. What is the film that scared you the most? Seven. Nice. And I'll tell you, but again, it was a, one of those ones where I think my sister had seen it already okay. and had wound me up about how, how scary and terrifying it was. So by the time I came to see it, I don't think I was as scared right. because I was just like, well, it's just, <coughs> you know, what it is. But I was so... And the same with Silence of the Lambs. Like I just okay. wound myself up so much about these films and how terrifying they were that I, I just... You know, it took me so long to watch. I think I was probably like 21 when You've I got a lot of that. hype men in your life. You're going to cry. We're going to cry to death. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but Seven, yeah. I guess it would be weird watching that film now because of Spacey. Well, as I've, I, I think at least Spacey's playing a... Naughty boy. Yeah. Have you seen it's Billionaire Boys Club? That's no. that's the, I think the last one oh. Spacey did, and it was shelved for a. I mean, it's yeah. not a good film anyway. And I didn't know didn't know he was in it. We were just sort of like flicking through things to watch, and we just sort of popped it on, and they're like, it's Spacey. And then we like looked up, and we sort of realised that that was and the he, one. And, yeah, yeah, and he basically plays this sort of odd kind of you know sort of um, sort of a predatory guy in it yeah. anyway, and you're just like, ah, okay. You always do. Yeah. I think he was always quite open with the roles he chose. <laughs> he was hiding in plain sight. All the roles he chose, he was just like, yeah, Jesus. creepy psychopath. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Jesus. Um, what is the film that critically it's not acclaimed? A lot of people don't like it, but you're like, oh, I love it. I don't care what people say. Well, I don't know how critically acclaimed it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, no one has really... Loads of people had not ever heard of it, so I said, Clue. Great, great Do, do you know it? I do know it. I've seen it many times. I used to love it. So this is a, like a, 
I guess, an adaptation of, of the board game Cluedo, or, or taking the, the characters from Cluedo, yeah. and it's an absolute knockabout farce with Tim Curry, Tim Curry. as the butler. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's in it, I think, yeah. playing Professor Plum, maybe. Um, and it is absolutely brilliant, and it's got three endings. Three like, endings. it's really, it's a really ending. self-conscious film. Yeah. Uh, Who it? I absolutely adored it. Yeah. And, it, and it was a real contender for the film that I'd watched the most as well. Because wow. I have watched it again and again and again. It's great. And I love it's it. not well-reviewed. I, th- I don't think it is. I think if it, it's probably just got mediocre reviews rather than bad reviews. Not particularly bad. But I love it. And I just think it is so fun and so silly. Like, I don't know why it's not even like a cult hit mm. film. But it's brilliant. And I adore it. Good. I also really like Congo. Remember that the John based not a John was it a John no Michael the uh, clever clever gorilla yeah yeah which I think Tim Curry's in as well actually um, love a Tim Curry but I loved I loved that that story of these sort of angry gorillas yeah yeah I loved that but that's not critically I've seen that tons <laughs> that's interesting yeah I love it when someone says something no one's ever mentioned. <laughs> No one's ever mentioned Congo. Congo, yeah. Everyone's trying to forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not good. And I think it came after Jurassic Park. So, obviously, Michael Crichton, uh, uh, you know, well, good Jesus, he'd already risen to fame hugely anyway. But um, obviously, off the back of Jurassic Park, he's yeah. like, oh, this is a go-to guy for all our Yeah, they did plays. all his books. They did all of his books. And um, and so I was sort of there with bells yeah. on for Congo. And I loved it. And I was like, yeah, this is this tanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did do all his books. And then some of them were like, light bulb. And it was like an early one about a, a sentient light bulb. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we've got yeah, to stop doing these books. What, um, what is the film mm. that you used to love? You loved it. And you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't like it no more. It does not hold up. Well, it's tricky, this one. Mm-hmm. It can't be a TV show, can it? No, but you can mention it. It just won't count. But you may as well mention the thing you've got in mind. Because I had such fond memories of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe yeah. TV series as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I rewatched it as a student and it was like, oh my like oh my god. <laughs> like I mean it just was dreadful. I mean, I guess there are lots of examples of films oh shit. Well, <laughs> where you look at them and you think, mm, like even in the past sort of three years, you think you know, that's a little bit... It's about four white guys. Right, yeah. And there's no diversity and there's no gender equality in it yeah. at all. And um, the in-betweeners movies? Oh, I thought you were talking about The Hangover. <laughs> oh, well, there's, but there are lots of examples of it. Yeah. You know, those sort of... Those guy films. Yeah. And I just don't know how much they'll... Stand there. But I definitely enjoyed them at the time, I think yeah. it's fair to say. But I, don't, I sort of look back and think, actually... Nah, come on. I think we can all do a lot better than this. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Come on, the hangover. Come on, get with the times. <laughs> uh, what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but the experience you had around seeing it will always make that film memorable Home Alone. Go on. Because I was cause there used to be this book club at school called Chip Club, I think. Chip Club? It's called Chip Club, I think. You can get together and eat chips? Yep. It was it was like a magazine that you'd get mm-hmm. every like quarter or something quarter like I'm doing a VAT return, um, <laughs> so like every every few months and um, and it was it was like a magazine and it gave discounts on books to encourage kids to read and every so often uh, you, and and the school would sort of subsidise it I think and every so often there was a, you could you could buy a video but you, it was discounted 
and I remember, and I could, and we just got a video player, so I'd not seen Home Alone at the cinema or anything, and uh, I, and so I I owned it on V. I think we'd rented it. That's right, we'd rented it, on mm. v- and I loved it, and I watched it. And you don't you only rented it for overnight. Mm. And I I watched it. I remember get like we watched it that night, and I was like, oh my god. And then I got up at like seven a.m. on the Saturday uh. morning and just watched it again. And then my sister came down, and so we just started it again from the beginning. I watched it so many times, and I I think I've seen that film. You know, a hundred times, like easily a hundred times. Because we'll also put it always on at Christmas yeah. now. And um, and I think it was just at a point, I was just sort of, I guess I was 10 when yeah. it came out or something. I just, I'd never, I just felt like I felt I was sort of starting to kind of like know what I liked yeah. at that point. And I just sort of thought, oh, this is great. And like even now, it is so funny. Yeah. It is so funny. Just that running joke of like um, every time that any car pulls up outside the house, it knocks over that statue. <laughs> yeah. And it happens across two films. <laughs> yeah. It's always the same. And like, I I think Catherine O'Hara is amazing. Yes. Um, I thought Macaulay Culkin was just really cute. Like I sort of wanted to be, you know, and I was yeah. like, oh, he must be really cool. Like how cool is, you know, you know, he doing? And I just loved it. I loved, mm. and you know, the kind of, um, just that. Just because it's such a physical comedy, I love all that kind of stuff as well. You know that that just that whole sequence with when they're trying to break in and falling down the stairs, and we'll, you know we'll do that sort of like thing where we'll tap tap like a door handle and it rattles a bit, and he's like checking that it's not like a hot one, so he just sort of rattles it and he goes and like that. I just love all that. The hand with the M on, like I I and I you just could quote it, yeah. We and we we always do like Uncle like me and my friend Lee. We always do like impressions, you know, Uncle Frank, who's the really tight one. Yeah. And he was like, he's always like on the plane and he's like tapping the stuff. And he's like, this is crystal. Put it in your purse, put it in your purse. So we we'll <laughs> always say to each other, put it in your purse, put it in your purse. And we loved it. Absolutely. Uh, that's nice. So I just feel it as a real, it's a time when I think I sort of had like a proper group of friends. Like the first yeah. time you have like a proper group of friends and, you know, and, and it sort of lasted. And, you know, absolutely for me stands the test of time. Mm. Um I don't know how diverse it is as a film. Maybe I would have to bang my drum about that. But they're a family and it's absolutely fine. Let's let's give them a pass. What is the film you most relate to? Well, (laughs) I love The Prestige. Yes, and you're a magician. And I'm a magician. And obviously that's not to say that, you know, the the story, you know, I don't relate to the idea of kind of competing magicians and in Victorian times. That's not, not sort of my backstory. Um, but, but the world of it mm. and the world of magic, and I guess even, because I guess that's just about ego, isn't it? Ego yeah. in magic. And, you, and, you know, magicians are some of the most egotistical people on the planet. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely are. You know, I right. mean, how arrogant a premise to be a magician, to think, to do something that is fake. And yeah. everyone knows it's fake, but to pretend you're better than them because, <laughs> yeah. because well I can do this and it's I can impossible hide something and it's like well, well I could do that if, I, if you told me what the sequel like it's not there's no I mean obviously there is great skill in good magic yeah. I'm basically talking about bad magic or bad magicians but in the same way that you know to be a really good clarinet player you just have to work and work yeah. and work you know you could go over the road to a magic shop and buy and buy something and you could be performing it within an hour <laughs> and, and you know a wedding and doing all right <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I, like that, just that, I, that world, that world of magic. But also, mm-hmm. and this is what reminded me when you're talking about the Green Mile, is that so that's based on a book by Christopher Priest, yeah. which I read before the film, like way before oh, wow. the film came out. Actually, I think the book was maybe 
10 years old before right. before the film came out. And um, that is an incredible, has got an incredible last section. And it's different to the film in, in that it's told from like a like a third person account. I think it's told from the point of view of the grandchildren of the two rival magicians. Right. They And one of them's now a journalist and she's managed to track down the other the, the other grandchild and they're, they're adults now they're they're sort of grown up and so they they get what i think the journalist goes to the house of the other and they they're and they're and they're talking and sort of they're uncovering this story as part of their discussion so it kind of flashes back between the two times but the very end thing so you know the base of the equipment that creates the um clone the clones it turns out i can't and i'm going to have to paraphrase it and i'm probably going to get it wrong but it turns out for one reason or another, and and the journalist kept, keeps on going on about this draw, this draw, weird kind of draw to this 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 weird kind of feeling mm. of going to this other person's house, and it turns out that as a as a as a child they had a prestige of them, kind of like a you know you know like the, the dead the one that dies yeah. basically to create the other one, um, but as, and and the last scene it is literally making me like oh, yeah. thinking about it is that they go down into like this cellar where there is just. Hundred, hundreds and hundreds of these, which is think how the film ends. Yeah. But um, he, I think it's a he. The journal, he finds himself as a oh, child, shit. dead or as a prisoner, yeah, yeah. and carries himself out and just walks out of this house carrying himself as oh, a child. Wow. And it's really, it's, it's quite bleak actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really kind of haunting ending. It's incredible actually. The ending of that. Wow. But the film's incredible, and I love. I love all that kind of the Michael Caney kind of the, the yeah. en- engineer or what he calls himself, and those people exist like within Maddie, and you know, I love all that. And you know, oh. like there's a guy in some of my like last two live shows where there's been quite a lot of magic, and you know, I, I know stuff to a degree, but mm. I, certainly the bigger stuff, the more illusiony stuff, I don't know anything about really. Yeah. And but there's a guy called Danny Hunt who makes and designs and loads of great stuff, and he's a performer as well. But he. Um, you know, he knows everything, and, and you just say, "I want a thing that can basically do this." Can you? Can you? Can you make it? And he builds it. Cool. Yeah. Fuck, we've not got a lot of time. Sorry, man. What is the sexiest film of all time? Of all time. Of your time. Of my time. I'm because everyone says Titanic. No, but they I, don't. Well, <laughs> not uh, for sexiest. Well, I, I, but well, then in which case I'm gonna. I know everyone will. You know, shouldn't dwell on Titanic. But but. I still listen to the music, like genuinely still listen to the soundtrack. Extraordinary. Big fan. James Horner, yeah. who died too soon, he died in a plane crash sadly a few years ago. Okay. He, um, I say that as if I knew him, I just read that in the press. Um, <laughs> uh, he, I just found some, he said he wrote an American Tale, the music to yeah. American Tale, and tons of amazing stuff. But um, again, it's just that, like, it was one of those points. So I think I was 17 mm-hmm. when it came out. So So, you know, of course, like going to see it with like your mates when you're like 17. Yeah. There's a real talking, you know, that particular scene sort of like was always like a talking point and, you know, everyone wanted to idolise and did idolise Kate Winslet or Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. you know, depending on where you kind of sat. And so um, it was it was basically a way into all that, all that area. 
<laughs> into painting me like one of your French whores. Say again? Paint me like one of your French whores. Well, yeah, apart from that line, yeah. And then I saw, and then my friend, there's that very funny clip. Have you seen the YouTube clip where it's that scene, but done to like a recorded version of My Heart Will Go On? That's funny. And, and, and they keep cutting the sketch. It's, it's just someone doing a, a rubbish sort of do, comical <laughs> doodle of, of her laying on the chaise long or whatever. And, uh, I like that. It's very funny. Um, so I just it felt very, uh, very. Um, Full- you know, came at a formative time. Yeah, it's sort of a pubescent time, I guess. Okay. 17. <laughs> Late bloomer. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> what is... Uh, subcategory. Yeah. Troubling boners, worrying wide ones. So this is why I'm saying Titanic. Titanic again. Because, Different scene? No, because the film's about... Like, everyone forgets that Titanic was this huge tragedy. Mm. And, and, and I, I know this, we shouldn't be serious on this podcast, but say... Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, sure. just, it's just weird to think that, you know, we kind of... You know, Titanic, there was so much loss of life, but everyone yeah. focuses on scenes like the ones that we've, like, discussed or kind of, like, oh, yeah. I love the music. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, of course you love the music. Like, yeah. hundreds of people die. I mean, like, it's, it's you know, if you take an atrocity that's happened, say, recently. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, you even sort of, sort of Grenfell. Yeah. And you think, you know, if there's a film of that in, you know... 60 to, and, and then actually yeah. everyone's sort of banging Everybody's on going, about... I've got a boner in that. Yeah, oh, I really liked it when Leonardo DiCaprio was dressed in yeah. that really nice suit. It's like, what, what the hell are you going on about? So I sort of feel that in a way it doesn't quite... It doesn't quite... It's just yeah. everyone just thinks... Myself included, just get wrapped up in the yeah. Hollywood of it. Because obviously it was an amazing yeah. film and is an amazing film, but... That I think is a troubling a, boner. It's, it's a troubling film for, 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 for lots of reasons. Excellent. I think French and French and Saunders sketch of that, which was you know, did you ever see the French yeah, and Saunders directed by Edgar Wright? No shit. One of his first um, oh, sort yeah. of TV directing jobs. Yeah, um, he uh, uh, the, uh, there's an amazing sort of line in it where I think that they're sort of, I, I think I believe, um, sort of maybe uh, talking about this the same thing where they sort of just have sort of the, sort of the, the Jack and Rose stuff yeah. kind of happening, and then just someone in the background just sort of shouts, like in a strong Irish accent, strong Irish accent, mercy for my dead baby, sort of holding it up almost to kind of camera. But, you know, this is so deeply yeah. tragic, and it, it sort of glosses over so much of that. Wow. Well, there was a, well, that was why it was so weird when James Cameron won all the Oscars that he did that speech, and then he suddenly went, he was like, oh, amazing, that was amazing, and then he said... Oh, let's all take a minute silence for the loss of life in the Titanic, and then went. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> that oh, was the problem. God, that's how he broke the minute silence. What, is that true? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? Objectively, yes. Might not be your favourite. It's the greatest. Pinnacle of cinema. Probably something like Schindler's List or Seven Private Ryan, maybe. Yeah. Something that is... I think it probably has to be a, something that, say, um, a, uh, like a historic... You know, a historic, yeah. you know, something that is shining a light on the extent of tragedy, pro- probably. And, and, you know, pretty much, pretty much Schindler's List, I think, gets us close to kind of just... I mean, I don't guess this close, but do you know, like, just in terms of, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's three hours of, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, great film. Good yeah. answer, you can have it. Can what I? is, yeah, yeah okay. you can have I don't that. don't want to go too, too. What too is the bit. film? So, what, the film you can or have watched the most over and over again? Jurassic Park. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Mm. And, you know, 
constantly watching. I watch all of them as well. Yeah. All the Jurassic Worlds I've got on DVD, both of them, Fallen Kingdom as well, yeah. if you're asking. I like Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom sort I of... Like, I feel like the picture... I mean, I love it all the same. I feel like the picture it was like, have we ever seen dinosaurs like in a big sort of country house? In a horror, in a, in a, in a haunted house? Yeah. In, no, have we ever seen dinosaurs in like a house? Just, yeah. just as a thing. And <laughs> someone was like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's the second film. half. Yeah. And, and it was, which yeah. is fine. It's like, what happens, you know, when you just put them on a roof? Or having going up some yeah. stairs. It's like a monster movie, isn't it? In like she's she's napping in her bed and there's a tap at the window. Oh yeah, the sort of shadow of it. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. But the first one, obviously, yeah. just incredible. And also, again, I have a huge love of the music. And you've done a funny song, haven't you? You've done the Jurassic Park song, yes. Yeah, yeah. which I found deeply offensive. Did you? Yeah. I'm very sorry. What? I'll tell you who didn't find it offensive. What? Who? I remember getting back from uh, Edinburgh last year, or 2018 mm. maybe, and um, and we had this package, and, and uh, I opened it, and it was an LP of John Williams' latest yeah. recordings with the LSR, with the London Symphony Orchestra. I was like, oh my God, that's this guy. And, 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 and it was all on this headed sort of um, yeah. universal label. like. And actually it turned out it was the people... Who produced the record? Said, wow. "Oh, we heard your Jurassic Park song. We thought you might like this." And, like that. and I was like, "Oh my god!" And, and we literally had it framed. Like, I love that music. That's so, great. So yeah. I mean, the problem is, I do now sing your song whenever I hear it, which is it's very. It's sort of yeah. Mm. I guess people have um, taken it to heart. Yeah, which is very nice. <laughs> very nice because I love it, and I've been singing that song for years. <laughs> what is brilliant? What is the film that made you laugh the most? You're in comedy. What's the, um, what's the one that made you laugh the most? I mean, Clue, Clue would Clue would be up there. I really like Clue, but I really like The Burbs. Oh, the Burbs? great film, Tom yeah, Hanks, yeah. Joe Dante. So funny, yes, so so funny. And um, those like, the guy says sardine, you know, when he's so like the really <laughs> kind of creepy guy next to, and uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I haven't seen that recently again. I should watch no, that again. that needs to rewatch. Yeah, yeah, because I wonder if that's a test of time one. I'm sure it is because yeah. most comedies usually aren't they. Um, but um. Yes, that is the one that has made me laugh the most and that I will quote a lot. What is the worst film you've ever seen? Don't like to be negative, so we'll do it quick. What's the worst film? I saw Wolf Creek. Yes. Have you seen that? I have seen Wolf Creek. And I thought it was very well, like, yeah. very well acted, but I just sort of, I just couldn't hack it. Yeah. Just, it, was too, it was too much. So is that, that's not really a worst, is yeah. it? That's just me not, that's, that's to do with me, not the film. Wolf Creek's very, very well made. It is, so that's not worse. Yeah. <laughs> that's the opposite of what you asked. Yeah, in a way, yeah. you picked an yeah. excellent yeah. Okay, film. Okay, hang on. Way. <laughs> that's my best favourite <laughs> Imagine if someone said that's their favourite film. It's, it's very upsetting, Wolf Creek, but I think it's, a, it's sort of, as a piece of filming, it's really... Yeah. I think the first half before it goes dark yeah. is it's one of the best films about travelling. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Feels it's, it's so really, It feels like a documentary, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I remember, well, I think part of the reason that it almost... That's why well, it's so upsetting when it goes dark. So, yeah, exactly. It's, oh, no, I mean, I don't even want to think yeah. about it or talk about it. But, um, okay. um, <laughs> what's the worst... Well, I'm sorry, I brought it up. I can't believe you made me do this podcast. <laughs> what's the worst film? Oh, we sat through one. I remember there was one year, yeah. <laughs> one year on New Year's. And my wife and I, we had both... We, we, I think we had... Finn, Finn had been born. Yes. Um, I think he was, like, one, years, one year old. And we thought... And... Um, and We'd like negotiated with I think Becca's mum and stepdad to babysit one night, yeah. and um, it was just before it was like between Christmas and New Year because yeah. a present for Becca I got because we were so knackered. It's like 
we're going to go and stay overnight in a hotel, but we're just going to be up in Richmond. We were just going to sort of be sort yeah. of nearby to where we were in case of any problems with Finn. And we'd never left him like overnight, overnight for like so like oh, really exciting. And then I went and got the norovirus, oh, so we my still <laughs> still went to the hotel. <laughs> that I just absolutely was, we couldn't use the spa uh, and all that. Stayed in the bathroom. And of course, so I stayed in the bathroom. And then, of course, then Becca got it the next day. Oh, God. So, so we kind of like, we sheepishly kind of went back. I'm like, oh, thanks for babysitting. But, you know, what we're... And, um, and it was just before New Year's. And we were going we to have New Year's friends around to ours. But we had to cancel. So, but by this point, Becca was getting better. But we were both a bit sort of wishy-washy. Mm. Like, oh, we'll put on a film. And we were, and that there's a film called, I think, New Year's Eve. Mm. Uh, and it's, um, it's Julia Roberts yeah. in it, maybe? Yeah. And it is, it is absolutely appalling. Yeah. It's one of the most cliche. It, and I think it's one of those ones where it was like from the producers of Bridesmaids yeah. to try and get it, you know, because Bridesmaids was amazing. Yeah, and the and director then, of Pretty Women. Yeah, 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 yeah. But actually it was appalling. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we were sat through this thinking, well, we've got to watch it because it's New Year's Eve and we're watching yeah. it now. And we've, you know, we paid two ninety nine, so we're going to watch it. And, and, uh, <laughs> and that was pretty bad. But it, it was, again, it was quite, it's quite nice because we were sort of just... We laughed a lot during it about how how no. how bad it was. But yeah, uh, Neil Mohammed, you've been wonderful. Oh, thank you, thank you for thank doing you this. And I'm much. sorry that we slightly had to rush it, but you've oh, no. got a busy press junket, no, and no, we no, did no, lose no. ten minutes eating room service. <laughs> I mean, it's completely our own fault. I mean, <laughs> so I sorry know, to the listeners. The listeners, I feel genuinely bad that I had this amazing guest, and we lost ten minutes eating. I mean. Champs. I literally texted you and said, "Do you want room service?" Yeah, I mean, it, so, w- I, I, it was you. I didn't come in here saying, "Can I, we I get dem- room service?" I for demand the room service. You said, "Can we get room service?" And I said, "That yeah, does sound yes, like fun." I'm going to order three items. And then I thought people will be mad that we had less time together because of all the eating. But hey, he's worked very hard on this show. Let him enjoy a moment, oh, for God's sakes. And this has still been about an hour, hasn't it? Uh, we've got enough yeah, stuff. An hour's far ungrateful more. Ungrateful little don't, shit. Don't, don't be pushing me. Don't push quit your luck. Like, quit right? while you're ahead. Yeah, leave them wanting more. Uh, Thank food you for having from me. From room service. Now, when you um, were on stage at the age of ninety-eight at the Palladium, yes, uh, you were doing your new act, which was called Channeling Derek Akora. <laughs> Uh, we used, people knew who knew, yeah knew well he, he went on because it turned out he came back as a ghost and okay. had his own show oh uh, yeah um, for about 10 years on Sky Living and uh, you uh, <laughs> Sky Living the home for the day yeah, yeah. okay yeah and you did we're doing your show at the Palladium dan- yeah. ta- you did this tap dancing routine on Bruce Forsyth's Ashes and then you fell backwards Onto a nice comfy... Onto a nice comfy chair, and you went like this, you went, ah, oh, and, <sighs> and seen. Just and as the curtain's clapped. coming and everyone's getting... Yeah, and then <laughs> someone went, hang on, did he just die? And the curtain's closed, and then there was sort of rumour, did he die? No, he wouldn't have died. It must be a trick, it must be a trick. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so everyone started packing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left you there thinking he's doing one of his bits. Committed yeah, this is to a this. bit. He's, We're just uh, waiting for Joe Ball to come on and get, get scoop, <laughs> yeah. scoop him up. So anyway, <laughs> a, a week later, <laughs> he's there. A week later, yeah. No word from Nick Mohammed. Oh God. I'm like, where is he? I go down and played him. I'm like, have you got a show on at the moment? They said, no, we're, be- we're actually dark for the next two weeks. I go, can I just check on your <laughs> stage? Check your stage because there's a smell. And there were you sat in your fancy oh. chair, rotted. <laughs> right to it because they'd left the lights on. It was okay, very hot. Okay, it's very hot. Yeah, and you were bugs and shit. Yeah, and you melded into the chair. Okay. Anyway, so I brought a coffin that was the size of you. I hadn't brought, expected all this no. extra stuff. So no. I've had to 
cut you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chairs yeah. come with I'm you all sorts sure. of things. So yeah. not... Well, it wasn't a big coffin, I'll be honest. And they stuff you in. Tragically. And they would stuff you in this thing. It's absolutely rammed in there. There's oh. no, barely any room. There's only enough room for one DVD to slide in the side of you. Take over to the other side. On the other side, it's movie night every night. One night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven when it's your movie night? Go. <sighs> it is Jurassic Park. <laughs> or Space Camp. Or Space Camp, which we didn't get around to. Oh, about. Space Camp? Yeah, I love right, it. Right, you're taking Space Camp. Someone else oh, will take Jurassic Park. Someone else will have Jurassic yeah. Park. It's fine. I've seen it enough. Uh, you've been wonderful. Anything people should be looking out for? Intelligence. Oh, Intelligence Sky, Intelligent Sky One. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. 21st. All episodes available on twenty um, first. Well, I think Sky One on that TV. Two a.m. from two a.m. on twenty second. Get up at two a.m. Watch Binge the it. lot. Slag it off on Twitter. <laughs> Slag it off on Twitter. Join me. Boycott Slag it. Slag it off on Twitter, Instagram. Boycott it. <laughs> uh, Nick Mohammed, you've been wonderful. Thank you so Thank much you for your for time me, and your room service. Oh, Have a wonderful afterlife. Good night. Good night. So that was episode 89. Get the extra content and hear Nick's secret. Come over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Also, go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. People do it. It's beautiful. Have a look. Also, you can follow me at Brett Goldstein on Twitter and at Mr. Brett Goldstein on Instagram if you want to keep up to date with Lone Island and any other stuff that I might be doing because I'm not going mad. Thank you so much to Nick for doing the show and for being so great. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. To Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another incredible guest. I think. Or oh, I'm not even going to say. We'll see. The next one I'll put out. I mean, they're all amazing, aren't they? You know that. It'll be brilliant. Don't worry about it. Just trust in the process. Okay, that's it. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay well. Have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.